Wedding Diaries with Lynn and Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to Decision Diaries. Today's decision, deciding to start a new business. Ooh. So both you and I did this. Versus starting an old business, Lynn? (laughs) Let's start an old business. Uh, Let's start a really old business. Well, I will... (laughs) I will, I will say that, uh, starting a business is a definite, is a very, very big decision. And I decided to do that when I was 24, 25 and Jamie, you've decided that you've decided that multiple times, but I think the one that really impresses me, the one that stuck (laughs) is the one that you you're doing. You're very successful at. Tell tell me about that. 10 years. Well, yeah. And I agree. Deciding to start a business is is not for the week. And um, definitely, um, you know what, I I like to describe my business as my fourth child. Um, It really is um, so much, you put so much into this creation of something and, you know, hoping that, um, that it's going to work. And so, yeah. So where do you, you want me to go first and talk about my decision to start a business? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to preface this. And Lynn and I, we sort of decide, as I kind of shared before, that uh, we both have ADHD. And I would not say we suffer from it. I would say it is our superpower. And um, it it is definitely a strength when it comes to being an entrepreneur. In fact, the statistics are something like um, an entrepreneur is 300% times more likely to have ADHD. And I definitely, I'm in an entrepreneur organization. Actually, I'm in the accelerator, which is for businesses before they do a million dollars. And hopefully I get to, to go across that bridge to the million dollar mark, but not there yet. But the majority of us have ADHD. We have high dopamine and we have less fear of risk and um, we are able to multitask. So for those of us who, who are entrepreneurs, it's really hard for us to work for other people because um, we think they're idiots. I mean, like, <laughs> well, well, right now I am currently employed by a company. I do not think you're idiots. I will tell you that that does explain a lot of my past firings. So we could talk about that in another podcast. The decision but to get fired. Yeah, really, uh, I think a lot that influenced me as an entrepreneur is that uh, my dad and his brothers are very entrepreneurial, but my grandfather came over from Sicily to the United States at 15 and opened up his, re- his first restaurant or well, his only restaurant in Beaumont, Texas quality cafe mm-hmm. at 18 years old. And I think wow. every single time I had self doubt, like, can I do this? I imagined coming to a foreign country at 15 years old and opening up a restaurant at 18. And I thought, Oh, I'm 24. Look, I'm so seasoned. I'm, I'm, you know, a few more Mm -hmm. years than my grandfather and I know English, I've got all these advantages, but it doesn't really turn out that way. And so I do have an early diary entry of where I actually, when it started, when the journey started. Okay. Let me give you a little background. Uh, This is November 2nd, 1994. I'm writing in my diary. I am currently working at a computer software company, a very stable job. Parents, very happy. I'm off the payroll. And so this is scary for them too, when you think about it. So I write on November 2nd, 1994. I'm excited, overwhelmed, and scared at the same time. I see parts of the store coming together and other parts falling into pieces. Every now and then, I have to slow down. 
because I get too overwhelmed. Rome wasn't built in a day. I know I can do it. That is what I feel inside. How is the question I have problems with? Sometimes I feel alone and it doesn't bother me at all. I always wonder that if I wasn't alone, would I have the courage to try? And I mentioned my store. I probably didn't tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. It's probably a really good start is at 24, I came up with the idea for an upscale lingerie store to counteract Victoria's Secret. I had this uh, big idea that uh, I could compete with Victoria's Secret, but my concept would be no models. Uh, I would be helping people find flattering lingerie and help with their self-confidence. That is a big, big dream. And I, I have little retail experience, which Jamie had more retail experience than me. She should open up the store. And I just want to tell you, first of all, I was a shopper. I, I had some of the things, but I loved your concept. And the store name was Apples, Peaches, and Pears. And it was because you wanted to, to fit the body that didn't go into Victoria's Secret. And I remember telling you that I thought you were so brave. And I was so impressed by you. And I remember, um, so, you know, we didn't rehearse this, but I remember telling you that you pursuing this store and I know you took out a huge loan and I said, it's like going to getting your MBA. I mean, you, you learned, you know, on flying by the seat of your pants. And I do want to mention also something that you said in your, your diary, um, you know, not knowing how, and I, I have, as we talked, I'm California woo woo and, um, starting my own business was very much letting the path unfold as it was supposed to. And I'm a big believer that, you know, you don't know, you don't need to know the how you just need to have the idea and the how and will, will present itself. And, uh, so I just want to say your store was great. And, um, had you had, you know, more training and proper funding, um, I always, respected you so much for doing it. it took me as you shared took me a lot longer uh, i was not 24 years old i was totally working for the man um and that man wasn't no i i have to say i said in the beginning that a lot of them are idiots i had some amazing bosses tom if you are listening jay you guys yeah. were awesome um Joe, mm -mm, you didn't like you when you made me cry <laughs> in New York and I was pregnant and, you know, you just know. But anyway, yeah, so there were some amazing people and, and that's how I also learned the kind of boss that I wanted to be. So I, I, I did not mean that that everybody in corporate America or companies is, is an idiot. I just know that I don't like to work for people that lie, that don't respect me, you know, that cheat. I don't like that. Oh, well, I, I, like I said, I can do a podcast on when you decide you're just going to go ahead and get fired. <laughs> so uh -huh. I, I think some of those I prompted uh, and some of those I probably, probably deserved. I was just uh, giving you the hand gesture, just turn it down a little bit, just because there was um, a couple of moments that, that I thought that better? it was buzzing out. That's awesome. So now you guys know we are definitely live. We are not, this is not rehearsed. No. So, uh, so I talk about this, I talked about the store. I'd like you to talk about your business. Give a summary of your business. Okay. So I, uh, I'm i going to share the company name and because it's part of my story. But when I was 34 years old, I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Um, and I have to say that that was a really good diagnosis. Lynn, you were one of one of my good friends when I was getting pathology and going back and forth to the doctor's office to figure out what I had. But when you are 34 years old and you are faced with, you know, cancer, I didn't know 
if I had cancer, I didn't know what kind of cancer I had. It was, it was really scary. And I absolutely reflected on my life. And, um, I was a realtor at the time and I had given up my, my steady paycheck day job because I had my first child. And we'll talk about the decision to leave my career to be a stay-at-home mom. But I, I just wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I, I was doing really well financially, but it was not, I wasn't making a difference. And that really mattered to me. And I knew I wanted to start a business, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I remember it used to drive my ex-husband crazy because I'd be like, you know, you have a word on the tip of your tongue and you don't, you can't think of it, but you know, you know, you know it and you just write. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And um, so it really came to me as I, I was saying these things unfold. I had a friend and she had a friend who had started an online eBay business helping seniors sell their belongings and make money because a lot of seniors aren't technologically savvy. And so she was doing really well. So my friend um, approaches me and she said, hey, I've got this business idea. And what do you think about it? And so I started an online eBay store and started to get my eBay rankings or whatever that is called up so that I would be able to sell things. And in the meantime, she discovers the National Association of Senior Move Management, who is going to coincidentally, if you want to believe in coincidences, I no longer do. Um, they were going to be having their national conference in San Diego. And I had you know, recently moved to San Diego. And so we signed up for the conference. And, you know, one of the things that that they said in one of the sessions, because I was just kind of attending and getting a feel of, is this going to be the industry for me? She said that it was a really good career for realtors. And again, I had the real estate experience. I had done real estate for 11 years. I knew it was a good realtor, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I was sort of like that light bulb moment like, oh, ding, ding, ding. So I had, I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I also want to say that I started it with a partner. So we were going to do it together. And her husband had business experience and he was going to walk us through the process because, you know, it's, it's a, one thing to say you want to start a business, but then you have mm -hmm. to do get the funding. You have to do oh, all boy. of it. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm good at this. Uh, there's a great <laughs> book. If anybody out there is listening called E-Myth and it talks about, you know, just because you're a great baker doesn't mean you should open a pie shop. Like there's so much more in running <laughs> yeah, a business. There's a lot more. And yeah, talented. we're going to get in some of those financing and yeah, loan things too. Yeah. So that I, is great. So, that is God smiling on you. Um, yes. but you, yeah, but you, you, you've got to say what it is that you do because I, oh, I'm, I'm getting there. I, I, yeah, you you really you definitely give back to the universe, I think. Well, thank you. So I, I would love to say that this whole concept was my idea. It wasn't. I like I said, I did go to a national conference, but it was one that I had never heard of. And, and that's the National Association of Senior. And now it used to be senior move management. Now it's senior and specialty move management. And basically what we do is when somebody is moving out of their home. We go in and we help them make all of the decisions about what they're going to take with them. Usually we're working with clients who are in transition, whether it's a divorce or it is a senior that's moving into a community. And, you know, sometimes we just get busy professionals who recognize, hey, I don't want to pack or unpack a single box. This company is going to go in. They're going to organize the move. They're going to pack everything. They're going to unpack it, put it all away, hang the pictures. And in literally two days, you can be completely packed and completely unpacked and settled into your new home. And I love it because I am not organized at all. 
and I have a team of organizers. So when they're unpacking, they're organizing your kitchen and they're putting things away the way that you should put them away and the way I don't have the visual processing to do. So that is what we do. And I named the company again, Divinely Inspired Silver Linings Transitions. Because had I not gotten cancer, I don't know that I ever really would have had that moment to pause and say, you know, I'm on, am I on the path? And, and it really was, the name came to me. Uh, I was, I did trademark the name uh, or service mark. I don't know which one it is, but um, I could not get silver lining transitions. I had to get silver linings transitions. Um, So, you know, and, and in hindsight, the name is really long for a domain name. But again, I was, I, I, I had to use this name. It just, because because I firmly believe that things happen to us and we have a choice. We can let it happen to us or we can let it happen for us. And, and this was, um, this is about, you know, you choosing it, you choosing your attitude. And we've talked about a lot of that with decision diaries. And that was very much um, how my company started. Yeah. Now, an, an interesting point we need to make here is that I am 24 and single when I start my business. You are how old and you are 44. No, 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 no. That's the, that's the harder part. I was, I think 44, 43 and married with three, uh, one young child. Uh, I actually started the business with the first person we, we met in preschool. We had preschoolers. And at the time, um, Will was getting ready for, uh, her at the time, her bat mitzvah, uh, now there. But um, so I had three kids. And uh, and then within the, the span of a couple of months, my partner came to me and said, hey, my husband's business is taking off. I need to help him. We weren't making any, we weren't making any money. We hadn't gotten any clients. She's like, I'm, I don't want to spend my time and money trying to get this business off the ground when yep. my husband's got one that's established and he needs my help. So I understood it, but now I'm like, okay, now I'm by myself and Oh, I'm not organized. Like, you know, I, I can't even imagine if I had to be the person that was going in and organizing people's stuff because that's not my talent. And then after she left me, my marriage ended. So now I am getting a business off the ground and keep in mind. Okay. So my, my marriage ended, I would say we separated February of 2015. Um, after I've spent month more than a year trying to even get a client, trying to get my pieces together. And then I didn't even get a client until March of 2015. So I was literally going through a divorce and starting a business simultaneously. And people would say, how are you doing? And I would say like, well, if I was just going through a divorce or just starting a business, I'd be great. But to do (laughs) both together, but I will say this, Lynn, it's, I, I knew, I just knew that this was work that I was meant to do. Um, and I think that, um, I, 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 you know, don't want to turn anybody off, but I, I do have faith and I believe in God and, you know, had those doors not opened for me then, and this is definitely a lesson I've learned, you know, now is that if the door doesn't open, it's not your door, you know, don't force it. I tell this to my kids all the time. Like, and I used to chase guys. I remember totally tangent ADHD squirrel. I remember I, a, a guy and I would break up and I would write like a three page letter about why he was making a mistake and why oh, he yeah. should stay with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, needs to that, be that's a teaser. That's another, that's another episode. Well, I think the word here, when you decide to start a business, if you are a tenacious person, you need to be right. You, you have to be dedicated to it. You have to believe 
And it's great if you have someone to share it with. It is extremely hard when you are trying to do it all alone. So I did, I was trying to do it all alone. We have a small business development center. I went to all of their classes to learn how to write a business plan. I kept my day job, picked up two more jobs so that I would have extra money as collateral because at this point in time in my life, what does Lynn own? Lynn owns nothing. Lynn owns a 1988 Mazda 323 hatchback. And my parents were like, absolutely not. We are not helping. We paid for your college. You have a good job. Why are you screwing this up? We are, we will, we'll cheer for you. And my mom's like, I'm happy to decorate your store once you actually open it up and I'll do that for free. Oh, thanks mom. I appreciate you doing it for free. <laughs> but you know, there was no co-signing. There was, I, I don't have a trust fund. Um, I had a Mazda three, two, three, and I had nothing but grit and, you know, and along the way in my diary, I am still dating and that becomes somewhat of a distraction. Mm -hmm. And at times when, you know, dating was not going well, as you mentioned, your business kind of becomes your child. Well, my business became my boyfriend. I mean, my business was, did become my boyfriend. If, if I didn't have a boyfriend or somebody in my life, that I could talk about my business with and, and kind of share, I, you know, I put my, my head down and I, I spent all my time in my apartment apartment by myself writing a business plan and, you know, going through that process of writing a business plan was, you know, how, how badly do I want this? This is really hard. I'm having to try to, you know, look at, you know, profit and loss and projections and, you know, market share and, you know, where am I going to open the store locations, lease agreements. I mean, I can, I can just throw a lot out there. I just think part of this podcast is really talking about the journey and, and, and the fun stories. And, you know, this diary I have from 1990, 1994 to 1996 really starts at the very beginning I am, I have three jobs. Um, and at some point I make the decision, oh, this is awesome. This is just a, like, I really don't advise this. Please do not follow Lynn's business plan to starting a business, but I decide to quit my stable job. Wow. <laughs> and because I feel like it's a distraction and I need to work somewhere where, you know, I have no possibility for promotion. So I take on temp jobs instead, you know, to pay my rent, I'm not living with my parents. I'm, I'm still independently living. I'm paying my own health insurance, which is also very interesting. I'm glad I was very healthy during that time because my health insurance was like a $15,000 deductible that would just like keep me out of a hospital. And, and, you know, there's no 401k. I mean, mm -hmm. of course I'm temping, I'm working at the competitor, Victoria's Secret at night. I, I am flow the breakfast waitress on the weekends three jobs, three jobs. And I want to also mention that this is before the internet and 
one of the things I really respect that I have never done is I have never had a storefront. So I have a service-based business that I was able to operate from my home and still do. I'm, you know, I'm still, that was a, a decision for me. I'd rather spend my money on marketing and my team than on rent. But you, I mean, you really started, I mean, I started a business, but like what you did, I, you know, I said, I, I was in awe of you then. And, um, and I remember when I was making the decision about whether I was going to move, keep, keep moving forward. I'm like, okay, so when I'm 80 something years old, or maybe I'm on my deathbed and I look back on this time and I rem and I used you as an example, Lynn, if I fail, if I don't, if it doesn't work, will I regret it? And I thought, you know what, this debt that I, that I would end up with would be an education and I would either... Right. And that's, and that's how what I used to tell you about the debt that you took on is like, you just, you just paid for a, a, a you know, an, an, in, an in-person, you know, live right. master's degree, really. Well, you know, I tell you, it really helps to be super naive. So <laughs> 24 years old. I mean, I look back at myself and I'm like, I really believe the book, Oh, the places you could go and kid, you can move mountains. And I did not look at, you know, the mountains that I were that I was moving as, you know, maybe you don't have the skills to move that mountain, but I was like, Oh, I can get the skills. And that's where, you know, you should get, you should probably get some great advisors. And along the way, I had lots of people cheering for me. And I think at some point I probably could have used a little bit of a devil's advocate because everybody was like, sure, what the heck? You're 24. You're not, you know, you're not married. You, you know, your overhead's low. My apartment costs like $250 a month. I had wow. no debt. I had no debt, which was, it's really funny because it's like, let me go out and get some. So <laughs> I, I do have uh, another journal entry because I'd started November Fourth, and then November 13th, you kind of can hear that this is becoming a, I must do, I must do, right? There's a, I'm excited, I'm overwhelmed. And this one is, I'm tired of listening to everybody telling me to relax. Like, I just don't know how to relax. And I didn't know, you know, we, we talk about all these diagnoses now, but you know, back then I don't know why I have twice the energy of everybody else. Everybody else is going to work and they do their nine to five and they're exhausted at the end of the day. And I'm like, just not like my brain is still going and I'm, I'm having problems relaxing. I put here, you know, when I relax, I go into a coma um, and, and, and I become a vegetable. I tried to relax and I just can't do it. I, this is who I am. And so I've accepted myself the I've accepted that about myself and you know I didn't actually seek any mental health counseling. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting because, you know, I, I was actually thinking when you were describing your family and I would imagine that you probably, because ADHD is heritable, it's, it's as heritable as height. So, you know, all of those entrepreneurs in your family probably had ADHD, but, you know, we didn't diagnose it. And then my father actually had it and it was very clear, but women or girls weren't, we were not diagnosed because it didn't present as hyperactive. So I, I feel like these, these, these women that are coming after us are so lucky because now they, they get the roadmap. They understand, oh, this is, I, my brain needs dopamine. And it's like, it's like a satellite coming in, right? We, we didn't have that. So, you know, it's interesting really to like, listen to that diary and, and hear, you know, what was yeah. going on for you. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm glad I found it because you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to bring myself back that many years 
now. You know, if I if I was to tell a summary of it now, I'd be like, well, I did X and then I did Y. And it would it would kind of be a boring story because <laughs> because I would just give you where I ended up and you'd be like, oh, well, you know, that was three or four years of your life. Now you're 50. I mean, that's like a blip. And mm -hmm. and that's the other interesting part is when you write a diary, you're so in it that like mm -hmm. on that day, November 13th, I really was like spiraling. I didn't read the whole entire entry, but it is clearly like six pages. Mm. <laughs> it is six pages of me just kind of trying to breathe, trying to explain this passion. I have this need I have that I must, must do this. And, um, and so, you know, we can kind of, that's, you know, that's leading up to now let's talk about when you're really putting rubber to the road and you filed your business licenses, things are starting to come into play. And as you mentioned, I decided to take on some overhead, which involved a loan. Uh, and this is, this is a process. So some people start businesses and they write a business plan. And then that business plan is really just to make them feel really good. Like, oh, I got it together. I have a business plan. But a business plan that goes to a bank is got to be perfect. It has got to be spot on. I um, went to the Small Business Development Center multiple times in between my three jobs and, you know, revisions and revisions and revisions. And, you know, on February 1st, so that was November on February 1st, 1995, I go to my first bank and let me preface first bank. <laughs> Uh -huh. I am 24. I'm pulling up in a Mazda 323. I do want to say my air conditioning was out and I live in Florida. So that was a useless Mazda 323. Like that wasn't a good collateral. You really can't do much with that. So on February 1st, 1995, I'm scared. I'm scared that I won't get my loan. I'm scared. I won't get my business started. It is so strange how scared I get. And then I am so sure I am losing my mind. Think about what could be. I could lose everything, but what do I really have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that's the other thing. I don't, I have a Mazda 323. Take, take my Mazda. It doesn't have any air. <laughs> um, so I put, you know, a lot of my friends are starting to get married. I can't even imagine I have to do this first. So I'm not meeting anybody. I'm still kind of in love with my college man. We'll talk about him. He comes up quite a bit, but I, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm really not ready. Oh yeah. I'm really not ready. I was going to say it goes to another page. That is February 1st. And on February 10th, 1995, yesterday I got rejected for my loan. It, that was a quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't make me wait long. I was expecting to, but it still hurt. I cried and cried and felt like I was going to burst. I didn't know how to feel or what to do. Now, I, at this point, it's February, I have moved in with two guys from my high school into a new house um, near my near where I want my store location to be. And their names are Reed and Paul. Those are kind of generic names, so I won't give, but uh, anybody who knows me knows I lived with Reed and Paul. Mm -hmm. So uh, Reed and Paul were great. I just want to shout out to them. They were great. They got me out of my mood. Paul took me out to help me forget about it. And it helped now, but I haven't forgotten. So that is 
February 10th. Do you want me to keep going with my loans? Do you want to talk about anything you applied for? You want me to move on? Uh... No, I'll, I'll talk about mine because my experience was different than that. Okay. I actually, um, I, I bootstrapped my way and my bootstrap looked looked like my my oldest child had a the bat mitzvah account and I'm like okay I'm going to borrow $5000 from your bat mitzvah account and by the time you're 16 and you need it for your car I promise you it'll be back there um I took out a credit card with 0% interest and I borrowed money um on a handshake from my I call her my mother outlaw. So I'm divorcing her son, but we're super close. And she gave me $5,000, which actually worked in my favor because when I went to divorce in California, it's, it's an equitable state, which means that you are responsible for half of whatever debt you incur. And you're also eligible to half of any business that gets started. So my ex-husband, um, I was in debt, I think like $14,000 at this point, because I'm not making, as you know, starting business, you're not making, you're spending. And, um, so he waived his right to the business and his obligation to the debt. And so I was able to walk away from my marriage, owning the business outright, which of course was worth negative money at that point. Um, but I just bootstrapped it and I, you know, I took out a couple credit cards and I would just pay one off and then, you know what I mean? Just sort of like kept juggling. Uh, and I will say this about business. They say that it takes three to five years I truly believe that if you had been able to, to, to stay with it, you probably would have succeeded, but there's also a cost. There's a cost involved in making that choice. And even today, I would say, I mean, as I shared, my business isn't doing a million dollars. Is it successful? It's successful in that we have a good reputation. I can pay all my employees and I'm not in debt. Um, I couldn't afford to buy a house by myself in California. You know, there are things I can't do, but but I feel so good about the contribution that my company makes to other people. And, you know, and I wish like I don't offer um, benefits and all of the things that I want to be able to offer to my employees because I just I don't make enough to do that. So, you know, defining success is, is a different. But I I really believe that it, you know, takes the three to five years and um and your why is so important. It's like, you know, what, what is my contribution? What, why am I doing this? And, you know, as, as we, we shared for me, it was about servicing the clients and making a difference in their lives. But I also discovered while going through my divorce that, uh, women face a motherhood penalty often if they have given up their careers to stay home with their children, and then they've got to go back into the workforce. Um, it's a scary place and not everybody values life experience and not everybody wants to give you the flexibility of being able to, to pick up your kids at the end of the day and carpool line. So, um, that's an, and, or women, as we age, a lot of times we're outsourced out of the market. And, uh, so my company is, is a place to say, yeah, come. I mean, as long as you can do the physical work, because, you know, there's a part of that, that, that has to get done. And that's the packing and the unpacking. Um, but my why has been super, super strong. And I, I love the book. Have you ever read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? No, no. Wow. Okay. So there's a story in the very, very beginning. And he talks about when they were uh, mining for gold, I think it was like out in California and that there was this one guy and he bought all of this equipment and he was digging and digging and digging and digging and he got discouraged and he ended up selling the digging equipment to someone else. He's like, I'm done. I, I can't handle it. I don't think he made any money on selling it. 
two days later, the guy who buys his equipment strikes gold. Oh, so, I tell you, I tell you, yeah, that's always, that's always my, my worst, you have to worst be, nightmare. Yeah, you have to be committed. And I will also tell you that um, ego has to check itself out. So one of the things that I did and, and that dif differentiated me is that we wore these bright mango aprons. Um, I knew we needed an apron and I had already designed the logo. I like I had, it all came to me. And then, and then I saw this color. I'm like, it has to be this. It's such a bright and fun color. And uh, so what I decided to do is every time I went out marketing, anywhere I went, I wore that apron. And so people started to know me and they started to know the business. And, you know, even to this day, you know, 10 years of, of marketing, I will still wear that apron, even though I'm the owner of the company. Most people know me because it distinguishes our brand. And, and then if anybody goes out and represents us, but you know, would I like to wear the pretty dress? Of course, you know, but <laughs> well, yeah, I I think I put a lot of thought into the store and I actually had somebody come and hand paint encouraging things in the dressing room. At my why was really important to me. Uh it just it just was so important that everybody feel beautiful um in their own skin and you know, I I was listening to, to some of my friends, you know, we're all in our twenties and, and we're still like kind of picking at ourselves a little bit. And it's funny because, you know, here I am at young 50 and I want to go back to that 24 year old and be like, you are so hot. Actually, I want to go back to like 45 and still say I'm still hot. <laughs> so, so my why was that, uh, and, and nothing was going to stop me along the way. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue with my, my loan because okay. now that was February 11th and I find the irony in just all this up and up and down February 22nd. What a difference a week can make. Whoops. Oh, I moped all week. And then I approached Compass Bank. I talked to Marie, like she was the last hope I had in this world and I think she noticed and she liked me. She set up an appointment for me to meet the senior vice president of Compass Bank. By the way, Compass Bank had just come to Jacksonville. So I think I got access to the senior vice president because really they didn't have a lot of people that were asking for loans. And she was just like, well, he's new in town. I'll just throw this 24 year old. Uh -huh. So he was impressed with me. And I, I bet you didn't know this. He offered me a job to work for Compass Bank. Oh, wow because of my business plan. And I was like, no. <laughs> and my parents were like, he what? Call him back. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. So I kind of mentioned that here. And he said I was a very confident, impressive woman. And then he called another person into the office and they connected me with the Small Business Association. Um, I have never experienced, I said, such pride and joy in myself. And now I know I can do it. So that affirmation from somebody else in the banking community really, really helped me out on February, on February 22nd, March 23rd, they declined me. <laughs> so I put, boy, it's been a long time since I wrote uh, a feeling a lot has happened. Uh, in a nutshell, Compass rejected me. I got picked up by a third bank. And now um, I'm going to the Small Business Association. 
and um and my love life sucks i give a little <laughs> give a little status that you know loans looking good but uh love life not not so much okay april 21st 1995 i got the loan wow. i can't believe I got it. I got it last Thursday. I have just been so busy that I haven't written it down in my journal, which is another one of those things you don't write down when you're having good times in your journal. You typically write down when you have a moment. Well, there was a lot to do. I'm still going to New Orleans. And if you listen to episode one, you know why I'm going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess I'll have a chance to prove what I'm worth after all. It's exciting. I have a lot of thinking to do. I plan on opening September 1st. Wow, it's incredible. You know, it's hard to describe how I feel. I'm not so scared as people say I should be. I mean, I'm just a tiny shop with a small loan. I feel pretty secure because of my mom. My mom will make that shop look great regardless of what's in it. I'm not even worried about that part. Anyways, tonight I feel kind of sick. I hope that I am not coming down with something. I can't, I don't have the time to be sick. So I, I, I almost think that I probably wasn't getting sick. I think I just had a lot of butterflies and, and, and I was like, oh my God, what if I get sick? And I'm, I'm the lone, you know, I'm marketing, I'm accounting, I'm, you know, business. I, I, I did hire a lawyer to negotiate my lease, thank God, because they did take out some of like some sales sharing, which would have been ridiculous because, you know, I was barely making ends meet, paying the rent. So why in the heck did this shopping center think that a new business could possibly share their sales? I uh, thought that was a little crazy. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, I that, those things, you know, I've never, I've never had that experience. Well, you know, if you, if you now, I mean, this is pre-internet, right? I know. So I, I mean, know. I really could have done something different with with all that energy with all the tools that people have now it's it's just incredible how many different businesses you can you can spark up now and i am a technologist i mean when you think about it i i'm i worked at a computer software company i'm i am computer savvy i do work at a computer software company now so um software does not intimidate me um you know web pages and 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 doing things over the internet especially e-commerce never intimidated me and you know my husband and i have had a couple of e-commerce stores here and there um let's talk about money problems you kind of mentioned you called me one time do you remember when you called me you called me and you were like i'm about to like borrow from my 401k or maybe you were borrowing from your your daughter's account and you were feeling kind of overwhelmed, guilty, and, and thinking like, I may not have retirement money if I use this money now and this doesn't work out. And what I really tried to tell you on that call was it is recoverable. You will recover. Now, bankruptcy is out there for a reason. And I was fortunate that I did not file for bankruptcy. I paid every single one of those dollars back. But it was amazing how quickly I paid the remaining amounts that I owed on my loan. That for me was a personal pride. I didn't want anybody wiping away that my dad did offer. And wow. I rejected that offer because I said it was my choice. I took out the loan. I will pay this loan back. I could probably file for bankruptcy. I know people do that. That's what it's there for. But I, I always thought 
you're never going to file for bankruptcy. I know you better than that. And when you borrowed the money, I thought you're probably making a note of how much you borrowed and you probably paid her back in interest knowing you. I did not. <laughs> well, I, know I, you, figured, I know you, I, I know you paid your child back. That's all I'm saying. No, I absolutely paid my child back. And, um, and I also helped pay for the car, you know, a little contributed some of, you know, what was needed. Um, and you know, I did be, bathe and clothe and feed and pay for college. So no, I paid zero interest, but, um, I did not end up having to go into my 401k, but I did not fund my retirement for many years. And I'm still, you know, not funding it at the level that being 53 years old, I, I want to be, or should be. Um, and you know, but again, I, I feel so fulfilled and, um, I, I feel fulfilled. And I know so many people who are in, in jobs that they, they're just soul sucking. And yeah, I, yeah. And don't be scared. Yeah. You, it, if you're, if you're feeling that way, you should journal it and you should, you should think about maybe your next, next actions and, and, so and not have of, that fear. One of the things that I listened to when I was going through this was, a, it was a, it was a book, I, but I listened to it on, on audio. It was a, I think it was called like uncertainty or something. And I will, I loved one of the stories that, and this, these are two things that I kept in mind. And that is, you know, what, what is going to zero look like for you? So worst case scenario and you fail, what does mm -hmm. failure look like? And for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep on my mother-in-law's couch and get a job at Starbucks. So I'm like, <laughs> I could survive that, right? I mean, yeah. so like you said, okay, so I'm going to lose a Mazda, right? I'm, I'm um, losing a Mazda. I might have to move back in with my parents, uh, you know, that okay. And yeah, I, yeah, I will I, tell you, I, I the, the process was great from a lot of growth, right? A lot of growth. Uh, I'm working three jobs. So I have, I have, a lot of energy. It, it did have a huge impact on my social life. I was, you know, watching my friends who had stable jobs going on ski trips, you know, they were doing more vacations. The only vacation I allocated myself and gave myself a break. And this I would kind of do over, I would say you have to give yourself a little bit of a break here and there, you know, too much business is too much business, but I gave myself New Orleans and that was a good break. Uh, so yeah, that got well, me all loosey goosey they, and ready to get back into my business. Yeah. They say you have to have a work life balance. You have to have both. Yeah. And I've heard people tell stories about how they took a vacation and more business came in, you know, while they were on vacation. I mean, you also have to say to the universe, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to receive, I'm going to trust that this is going to be okay. And, um, you know, I, I just think, and we've, you know, talked about this decision diaries is I, I firmly believe you regret the things in life. You don't do more than the things you do. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, at 10 years, I, I, I hope that I'm good and solid and, you know, but, but at worst case, you know, again, I, I have this great experience that I carry with me into whatever it is that I would, would need to do next. But, um, well, I, I, I say I, uh, I, I paid off the loan. I got an MBA, but I will also say that being an upscale lingerie store owner really did well for my bio for setting me up for blind dates. So it was nice. like, okay, there's this girl. And, and this is what they said to my husband. There's this girl and she owns a lingerie store. I mean, say no more. Like I want to meet her. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> what does she look like? Oh, I don't, I don't know. She's got brown hair. Uh, she's he got was great like, lingerie. She owns lingerie. She owns a lingerie store. And so that did make me really desirable from just mm-hmm. kind of a resume standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's so ironic, I will say. I left computer software and I went into lingerie software, if you want to call it that, right? Mm-hmm. And the store where I had my store is a computer software store. Like, oh my God, life, life, that, right? That oh, how, how is that even possible? So uh, I do kind of, as I get closer to opening up the store, I do write about how nobody wants to talk about it with me. <laughs> like everybody's tired of the store. My roommates are tired of the store. I'm getting inventory. I'm putting it into our house because I don't have, you know, keys to my, my retail store yet. So I'm storing it all in the house. And, you know, my two guy roommates are just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, please, would you stop talking about the store? And it really is not a lot of time. And so, you know, I kind of write in, in June, I wish I had somebody to share this with. And, you know, I think that's where partners are so important. That's why I just enjoy you so much being on this podcast with me because partners are so important to kind of have that yin and yang. And like Mm -hmm. when nobody else wants to hear about it, you know, maybe your partner wants to hear about you have some great employees. I flew out there and I got to meet them at a time that once again, I was having one of those times working at a, a different company than I am at now. And it was, I was hitting that ceiling again. And I called Jamie and I said, please let me come out and visit you and and be among entrepreneurs and, and, and just a good, a good company with a good why I'll do anything to help you in any way that I can technology wise, anywhere you need me. And, you know, it, it was, it really rejuvenated me. uh, Uh, You were, you were amazing. You, You came during COVID when, you know, my business was shut down and, um, I, I appreciated what you had to offer and I wish, wish that we could have been partners in that in some way and made it work, but you never know what the future is going to bring. Uh, I think we need to wrap it up, Lynn, because like, yeah. you know, you and I love hearing each other talk, but I want to make sure that, that we are leaving our listeners with, you know, information that, that if they are going to benefit from. So what would you say would be your best piece of advice for somebody who's considering starting their own business? Oh, my. Okay. If you have one in your head, you may want to go first yeah, on that I'll one. go first. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll give you a couple. I would say you have to have a solid why because there are going to be days of doubt and you are going to question it. And you have to, you have to really believe that you are, you have a purpose in, in what you're doing. And I would also say, you know, there's a difference between forcing something that shouldn't be forced and tenacity. Um, if you believe in your why And you have to just wear that apron. You just have to like knock on one more door and face the rejection. Um, But, and then at the same time, you know, if things aren't working out and nothing is working and you're constantly, you know, meeting those, you know, doors that you cannot open, you know, that that's another consideration, but, but you got a solid why Um, you will be surprised at how the universe conspires to help you succeed. Uh, Alchemist is one of my favorite books and it's definitely the underlying theme of, of that book. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a mic drop here okay. and you know I will, right? Okay. Yeah, and I am going to say that I have no regrets about opening up my business because I had great sex in that store. 
<laughs> so if you visited my store, I never had sex while anybody else was in the store. Don't get me wrong. I never had sex with any customers were there. But, you know, as I was dating my husband and I had to spend all my time in my store doing late night inventory and we're surrounded by lingerie. I mean, things happen. And please, I was please, I was like, how many people put- could say that they had sex at a business that they owned? This girl can, and I, I'm very proud of it. And I just wanted to end with that. I know it's like a little, a little braggadocious moment, <laughs> moment, but it was when I was 24, and I could say it now as I'm in my young 50s that we go back to that. We go back to that uh, as we're doing this podcast. My husband and I are almost reliving this, and he brought that up the other day, and he was like, "Yeah." We did that. And I was like, yeah, starting my own business. That's what happened. So once again, no do-overs, no regrets. I want people to share with us. If you have some business ideas, you're journaling right now, please share those with us. We'd love to have you on and have you talk about where you are in your journey. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for listening.